You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This episode is presented by the Choctaw Nation. The Choctaw people have a rich history and a bright future. At the Choctaw Cultural Center, you can take part in a story 14,000 years in the making. Stroll through our immersive exhibits portraying Choctaw life from the moment our ancestors emerged from the Nani Wayhai in Mississippian homelands to the Trail of Tears, where we lost so many loved ones, and finally to the modern-day tribe making a positive impact on local communities throughout southeastern Oklahoma. Try your hand at our social dancing and stickball and learn more about our vibrant culture through demonstrations, workshops, and classes. The kids will have a blast in our Luxie Activity Center. The Choctaw Cultural Center is more than a museum. It's a living, breathing experience. Visit ChoctawCulturalCenter.com to plan your visit. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us on August 11th at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum for a celebration of hope featuring guest speaker Tim Tebow and musical artist Ben Fuller. Find out more and get your tickets at HIA10.com. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, host, back with another episode up in Enid, Oklahoma today. Gives me great pleasure to welcome Mr. Kyle Williams, who is the president of Jiffy Trip, uh, amongst a lot of other things. I'm sure we're going to get to all of them today, but Kyle, thanks so much for welcoming me inside your office. Uh, a lot of awesome family photos in here. Some, I assume the football is, is, the, is the kids' football and all this stuff going on, which we'll dive into, but um, thank you so much for having me. Excited to dive into the story. People in the area obviously know Jiffy, uh, Jiffy Trip, and you know, just we're excited to tell the story behind it. Uh, but before we do, thanks again for having me. And um, we're in, you know, great old Enid America, which I love coming up here. I shouldn't have eaten lunch before coming up here because usually when I do, I'm like, I need to go to that hamburger shop that's just down the street. Um, but I've eaten lunch already, so I'll have to give it a miss. Welcome back to Enid. Thank you so much. Um, last time I was here, actually, I was playing golf. Fantastic golf course here at Oakwood. Oakwood, I yes, love Oakwood. yes. It's so good. It's a beautiful course. It's um, traditional design. If you're a golfer and you're listening and you haven't been to Enid to play Oakwood, you should definitely head up on here. Um, but and playing college golf, you know good golf courses. <laughs> yes, it's... Um, Perry Maxwell design, old school golf course. It's got trees and very tricky greens. So you'll enjoy it, or no matter what level you are, um, as long as it's not 110 degrees yes, outside. Like it is today. <laughs> like it is today. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh, we'll dive into to the, 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 the gas station side of things in a little bit, but tell me a little bit about you. What's, uh, what's your origin story? Did you grow up in Enid? Kind of, what's your Oklahoma story? Grew up in Fairview, 40 miles west of Enid. Um, graduated, um, went to uh, three universities, um, just didn't really wasn't interested, wanted to get into business. My okay. father was in business and uh, in the drive-in business and then convenience stores. And, you know, I was just, I wanted to go out and work for myself. Mm-hmm. And so in uh, 1982, started a, uh, my first business that did not work, a clothing store in Fairview. Um, 
during that time, I lost uh, $50,000 in two years, and uh, I got married just before we closed that, so my wife and I spent the first six years paying that back, which was a great education. You, you, and, and people, they may, they may think I'm, being, I'm kidding, but I'm not. It's the best thing that would, could have ever happened to me. So anyway, um, but also, just as we, were, we closed that, opened up our first convenience store, 1983 and just began buying things looking for for opportunities and convenience stores and that's how I got my feet wet yeah so a clothing store to start yeah why that's a good question men's clothing store women's men's clothing store yeah okay. um, you know and it, 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 we closed during the course during the bust it was the bust was beginning to happen and we felt I had no reason why I closed we closed simply because I was an idiot I didn't really know what I was doing didn't understand market marketing, uh, market share, uh, purchasing, so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it was a great education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you grew up looking at your dad, who so was always in business. He's an entrepreneur. So I can understand why you didn't think university was for you. Let me get straight into business. Um, what I mean, what are the businesses that dad was in? What do you remember about kind of just dad's entrepreneurship journey as you grow up and you're around it and you see, you know, early mornings, late nights, success, failure, like... Yeah, my dad, my dad grew up, um, he would describe as a poorest to the poor. And during the Great Depression, um, my dad could work hard. He was really good with money, but he worked hard. Um, I had a brother that was killed in Covington, Virginia in, in um, 1961. And um, there was a, just a very small couple thousand dollar uh, insurance policy that the state paid. So my dad uh, quit that company. He was with, moved back to Oklahoma, wanted to start a business. His whole family says, you're going to lose everything, KV. You're going to lose everything. But my dad went into business. His first year, bought a little drive-in in Fairview, uh, made four times the most he ever made in his life the very first year. Wow. Started out, uh, he would during the winters, he would have to come over here to Enid, mortgage his car, for about 50 bucks, enough to get him through winter because drive-ins, this was the old kind you, you, you walked up to. And so when it's cold, you don't really want to walk up to something. But my dad took that and then bought another drive-in and ceiling and converted them to mug and jug drive-ins. And before long, he had 13 across northern Oklahoma and, and in Arkansas. And um, in the 1972, he got into business with a partner and started uh, what is now Jiffy Trip and slowly sold off his drive-ins. And, of course, I saw that. My dad worked. He was a workaholic. I'm, I, was, I was a workaholic for the first, you know, until I was about 33. Um, but just always enjoyed the, the thrill of creation. To me, I'm, 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 not, I'm not an artist, but I create business, and I enjoy that. I envision the Lord gave me a really good confidence level on what I can do and imagination and vision. And so sometimes those really work really well, and sometimes they don't, which yeah. is okay. Yeah, of course. And, you know, it's, uh, that's entrepreneurship, right? And I can't think, like you said, so many lessons from failing um, and and also getting married while that's happening too, and and your wife being around and saying, look, like I know we're getting married, but I kind of come with some baggage. I owe some money. I got to deal with that first as well. And I tell you, we we worked. That's uh, one of the things my wife and I talk about a lot. We do some marriage marriage counseling, marriage conferences, and you know we we've never had a money fight. Mm-hmm. That's hard for a lot of people to believe. You know, we fought about everything else. Mm-hmm. It's a typical. We'll, we'll be married forty years next month. Um, or excuse me, next year, next May. Um, but we work well together. So my wife is a hard worker, and she's really good with money, and, and she's the detailed person. I'm the, the longer vision person, and we work really well. So um, it's really, really enjoyable. When yeah. we do things, we just we just agree on those things. There are just n- no disputes, no arguments, no ill feelings. It's just yeah. really interesting. How did you guys meet? Pardon? How did you meet? I actually, she, I was dating her roommate, mm-hmm. and she came down and introduced me, and then later on, uh, we had broken up, and later on, I called her and, and started dating, and then we moved to Enid in 1986, my wife finished college to do her internship here at St. Mary's, okay. so we've been here since 1986, so this is kind of my home, Fairview's always my home, but sure. but Enid is our adopted home. Yeah, 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 and I mean, it's a great place to be, right? There's a lot going on, there's growth here, there is, you know, it's, it's gone up and down, right, with the Air Force coming in, and all the other stuff that's going on and you know you can't help but notice driving in um i came in from the west side of town no i'm terrible north south (laughs) yeah west side of town 
Um, I can't. No, sorry. East side of town. God, going. I'm very good at that. They obviously <laughs> came from the east side, and you just can't help but notice like all of the factories that's out there. Like, there's so much business going on here that people wouldn't realize if they w- didn't come here. And you know, people probably just think, "Oh, it's Enid. It's in the middle of nowhere. There can't be much going on up there." There's a lot of economic activity happening here. There is. We're really, we're really zeroing in on a billion dollar sell, build dollars in sales for our community. I think we're. We think it's two years away. Yeah. That's a big deal for a community to get a billion. Then it opens up more businesses that will come. But mm-hmm. there's a lot going on here. But we're on the cusp, Mike, of some really cool things happening. Yeah. New, new shopping coming. We're, we're, we're close. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie theater, we lost ours during the pandemic uh, when the, um, our uh, Oakwood Mall is basically closed now and, and AMC pulled out, mm-hmm. working on that project. But there's a lot of other things, new development um, happening. So Enid's in a good spot. I'm really optimistic and I, I love that economic development part and being just a small part of some, working with some really smart people here yeah yeah I want to get back to that in a little bit but let's go back to you know you're you're newly married you're paying off some you know fifty thousand dollars worth of a failed business what's the next business that you go into well we started and we were doing the convenience stores and we went through some good times and some bad times I remember um I did three bad deals in a row. I lost a couple hundred thousand and three in a row. And I remember um, coming home to my wife and saying, I can't take a salary for the next year. And so we just buttoned down and, and um, we're fine. Didn't, didn't miss it and, and made it. And um, probably the next one was in 1994. Uh, we purchased uh, a KOFM KGWA radio here in Enid. And... Um, People say, well, is your family, how long have you been in radio? And says, well, since it was 29 years now. And how did you get in radio? Has your family been in radio? And I said, no, we're in radio because it was for sale. Didn't know a thing about it, which is kind of how, unfortunately, how we do some things. Yeah. Is, um, but we started out and, you know, it was four years worth of capital spend and getting all the stuff. It had been... Um, a lot of maintenance deferred. If you're in real estate, you heard of deferred maintenance. There was a lot of deferred maintenance. And so replaced everything. And actually this year we just went to HD and, um, and upgrade into our stations. And we've added digital billboards here in Enid since then. And so it's just a fun business. It's yeah. a great business. It's a great way that we serve the community. And we love doing that. We, we love helping raise money, um, drawing awareness and stuff, because that is our community charge is to serve the public interest. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun too, right? Like I love doing. Like, I mean, I'm not radio. I'm I'm kind of in the same realm, but I just love doing it. And it's, you know, you're you're getting in front of people. You're hearing stories. You're having people call in, and especially when it's local. You know, you're talking local football, high school stuff, like whatever's happening. It's it's good to have around. It's definitely. very creative. Very creative. Which gave us the opportunity and a platform that we did this project behind me on the wall. Okay. So because we had the radio station, the ability to do that. Sure. That gave us a little bit more incentive to go like, well, we can do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is the Christmas tree, right? Yeah, yeah, the one, Christ tree. 140 feet. God, it's great. These first two years, we've been the tallest in the country. May or may not be this year. Uh, we'll still be over 100 feet tall. Yeah. And, um, uh, but we, we've, we're upgrading this year. Yeah. So you're, in, you're, you're part of the city. You're in the room when, when someone says, hey, I know what we should do. We should get the biggest Christmas tree in the entire country. Like. Uh, take me from there. Like, where do we go from that? Well, I I, I have a fascinated with Christmas trees and um, interest, and so I was on online looking at the tallest Christmas trees in the world, and and um, just said like, we build buildings, we build things, we build stores and clinic, medical clinics, and I said we can do that. So I I talked to my family and I said we need to do this as a family project. And and even my my daughter and son like, well, you know, that, okay, they didn't really. You know, think we were going to. And I began to talk to go around to talk to various business leaders. Uh, John Blankenship, a Chamber of Commerce, went and talked to city manager. And they all got it. They're all like excited about it. And then the pandemic hit, so we scrapped it year one in 2020. This didn't think it was appropriate. It wasn't the right time. And but the next year we we lit it back up in March and uh, the project, and then did it. And had a humongous crowd at opening night and did again last year. And so we're just so grateful. It is such a fun project. And we've been around the country and people will tell us they've heard about it. It was just really neat. Um, but anyway, it's, um, it's our way of just reminding people why we celebrate Christmas. Yeah, 100%. And, and that night, right, with the, that flicking the lights on. 
like that moment, you know? And, yeah, you would, and as a family project, too. Yeah. It, it started as a family project, yeah. but, but today it's a community-wide sure. project. We, we don't do this without our whole community. Right. So that's what's great. And you know today, just being honest, Mike, there's not many places in the country you could dedicate a tree to the Christ tree. Right. Oklahoma, you can. But maybe a couple of places in Oklahoma you can't. Right. But but Oklahoma is one of those great places that that we can do that, yeah. and and it's just fun. I mean, and the photo, the you know, the the photo frame you have behind is that's amazing. Yeah, Mike right. Mike Clemmy did that for us and gave it to me as a gift, and it's amazing. It's so amazing. cool, and and hopefully this is something that'll happen for generations. The, yeah. That we we're 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 working to make this sustainable, and that's why we made some changes for this year. And I think that we're I think we've got it to where we can do this year after year after year, yeah. and keep adding some things, changing some things, and uh, but it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, in that moment when the lights go on, right, and everyone, you know, because it's yeah, it's it's a tall tree, but you see it in the daytime, and you're like, oh, it's a tall tree. Okay, it, I know it's really tall, but once the lights when it's dark and those lights go on, I will tell you the first year. As we stand up and they're doing the countdown, I turn around. I'm looking at this tree, and you know what I'm doing? I'm praying that that tree better better come on because that is the worst nightmare. It's like one, two, three, nothing. So, but anyway, it was it was. It's hard to describe. The picture behind you there is our whole family on stage uh, first night uh, with the one sign, of course, the one. But we engaged all our children, grandchildren, and everyone had a, had a specific part in doing this, as well as Nicole Winfield, a great a great team of, of people all throughout the city that supported us. Yeah. So the city's been very, very good on this. Yeah. yeah. For people listening that obviously can't see the photo, what is the one sign? That's for that's for the one. The one. The name of the, the, the event is called The One. Okay. It's many meetings. Yeah. For the Savior of the One. Sure. Um, and the Christ tree. So it's the one. It's the one way to God. One. Yeah. And so that was the, my daughter-in-law came up with that idea for the one. And so that's our signal for right. the, our tree. So that was opening night the first year, and we'll we'll keep that picture forever. Yeah, definitely. And and also, like, you know, you got the whole family. The kids are going to remember that, too, right? And I think whenever so. Whenever they get older, and they, like I said, the plan is to make it sustainable. And you know, when they're 20, 30, 40 years old, they can I remember when we started this. Like, that's such a cool thing to have. It's like going to Rockefeller Center. If, we've been to, if you've been to Rockefeller Center to see the Christmas tree, mm. you always remember it. Our tree's 50% taller. It's crazy. Yeah. When I ask people that, Joe, where's the tallest tree? Rockefeller Center. That's the one that they do. And uh, it's just hard to believe in Oklahoma. Yeah. Of course, the tree came from Northern California, too. It was, took a long time to get here. But it's, it was, it's a fun project. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, look forward to many more as well. I'm going to have to come up for a Christmas to see it in person and see the lights come on in person. Though. It, it's, it is Fantastic. worth the drive, believe me. Yes. Uh, I want to back up a little bit. You mentioned you had three failed businesses in a row and you lost a couple hundred thousand dollars. A lot of people would be completely crushed after that and probably go to a nine to five job and be devastated. How do you get back from that? How do you find, you know, how do you go to a bank and say, hey, well, I know I failed three times, but this time's the next, like, you know, there's probably some entrepreneur listening that thinks, you know, I might be in this position or someone wanting to start a business that might want to do something. No, I, I just, you know, it's part of it. You know, you're going to, you're going to have some successes and we've got some huge successes and we've got some, some ones that I've spent 20 years on and never made a penny. I'm serious. And we have others that are marginal that make some. So you, you've got some that different times we, we had our oil and gas drilling company. We started over breakfast over breakfast and and made did tremendous with it until um, they moved our cheese and they changed the size of rigs for using for a certain depth of, of drilling and where we were working for Sand Ridge and Chesapeake and and uh, range resource and all these big companies all of a sudden there was no business but that's part of it so you you, you adapt so we we usually have some businesses doing real well some mm-hmm not doing so good. I mean, so it just, it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit. Yeah. But it's fun because I am ADD. And so when I come in, I get to do something different every day. Yeah. I get to touch something else. But we have mostly good people that, well, all our people are good, but they're they're doing the day-to-day work. Sure. So they kind of let me, um, my, son's, my son puts it this way. He said, you, you tell us where we're going, we'll, we'll be on the ground and get us there. So I, I'm just poor, the 30,000 feet view, Deciding on we're going to do Christmas trees or mm-hmm. we're going to expand in Arkansas or or we're going to start a new line of business or something yeah. like that. Yeah. They do the work. 
And I'm, and I'm serious. They, we have great people. Yeah. But early on, it was not like that, right? No, no, you know, no, no, it was no. just, you know, you no, you're talking about cooking bottle washer here. So yeah. you did it all. Um, but, you know, it's, and I, I, when I speak to young people and ask about advice, there's so generally two things I always tell them is delay your gratification. My wife and I drove older vehicles for a lot longer than we needed to. Yeah. We could. But delay gratification because it's that that gives you a chance to build it, build capital and make investments, just like buying real estate, you got to have the money. Um, so uh, delay gratification. And um, the second one. Uh, oh, you never fail at something if you learn from it. And so what, I, what we did from the clothing stores, I learned a lot. I learned the value of a dollar. So you value the, what it takes, the, the work it takes to do that. So we don't consider my clothing store a failure. I consider it a gr- one of the greatest learning opportunities i ever had. So if you've learned from it, you're, you're not failing. So don't tell yourself you're a failure. Just say, I'm going to go do it again. And voila, you get started a whole new company. How many businesses do we have right now? We probably have six. Okay. Um, uh, convenience stores are, are one of our major sources. Uh, um, I think we're getting ready to open next month, store 29 in Arkansas, and start break ground on store 30 in Arkansas. And my, my brother and I um, co-founded Express Wellness Surgicare. Okay. Which were 40, 46 locations across Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. There are Texas locations are Integrity Urgent Care. Brought in a, a partner to help us scale that business. So that's probably, it is the most employees. Um, and we do some trucking. We do business development, radio, um, some oil, still oil and gas. Um, and we've also scaled down some stuff. Because what I, about... Four years ago or five years ago, I decided if I don't, if I'm not going to scale it, I don't want it because you know we, we had a Sonic. Well, having one Sonic is is when it's not you're not running it day to day, isn't a big deal. You need to have ten or twenty, and uh, they just weren't available for purchase in the markets that did you want to be in. So we kind of jettisoned that and and just some smaller some smaller entities. Uh, uh, we did some some land development here on first twenty acre tract here. It worked out very well, so we're looking at a 67-acre track right now to do a mixed mixed uh, use development on. So, you know, it'll come, it keep coming and going. But our convenience stores and urgent cares are really our focus of our growth. Yeah, is uh, is there anything that you haven't gotten into yet that you're really like just you know has hasn't the opportunity hasn't happened yet, or does it, it doesn't matter? You just want to get into business in general? No, we just we look at a lot of stuff. We've looked at we went through the. Um, Independence assisted living genre for height for 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 upper scale upscale. Uh, we decided that wasn't appropriate. Um, spent a lot of time on that. Just yesterday at the meeting, we were talking. About, I looked at just starting a charter service uh, out of Enid. Um, was persuaded not to, so it just didn't look like good. So we continue to look at stuff, and it's just kind of fun. Um, and we've, we, have, we have a good team of accountants and lawyers and good bankers. And, and, um, and then we have just really high-end people in our office here, Carrie Slater, Jeff Helm, my son, Matt LaRoche, my son-in-law, my son Alex, and uh, just have a good group here. Great IT department, so we have a lot of scale, so uh, what we need. But, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. We started Urgent Care just out, just out of the blue. My, my brother said, hey, I had some friends from medical school that put in access medical in Oklahoma City and they said they thought they might have sold too soon. Went out to Elk City to see my brother. We decided we were going to build 40. I mean, we did. I was just, and we've been in four the first year mm-hmm. and four the next year yeah. and just kind of learn the business. Today, you know, the the, the patients we see are, are, we'll see more patients in the year than there's in the population probably of, of just the main part of Oklahoma City. Yeah. Is the model generally the same with businesses like that are in, hey, you're going to have 30, 40 locations? Like, the, is the model the same and you just got to learn the business or are the models different? Well, my, my brother's a great physician. Mm-hmm. And so, so he, he took care of that. We brought in a couple other uh, smaller partners. 
we took care of real estate. But we had our, what we were doing was trying to capture rural markets. Uh-huh. What what everyone was doing at the time, beginning in 2014, is when we got in the business, opened the first one here needed. Everybody was going into the Oklahoma City's, Norman, stuff like that, Tulsa. Well, we thought there was opportunities, and we were correct. And about six years later at urgent care conferences, now all of a sudden they're going like, oh, the opportunities in rural markets. Well, it's fine. Yeah, yeah we've, we've, we've got a foothold. And uh, we've got the locations. And, of course, then we also did the other thing is we, we thought of our urgent cares as retail medicine. To make it, we want to give you the best health care you can get when you want it, be respectful of your time, and we're going to do it for about 10 cents on the dollar versus walking into an ER. That's about what the difference is. It's, you know, today it's about a hundred and thirty dollar charge. You, you walk into an ER and you just you, you, most people can answer that question. You had a zero. It's it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. A lot. <laughs> I love hospitals, but but uh, but if you don't need to be there, you don't need to be there. Right. Yeah, that's one thing that's different to the UK. Right? Back home, you just walk in, but you might have to wait a while if you want a new hip. You know, it's just a few things that you might have to wait a while. But yeah. for the most part, it is free. Um, so, so Jiffy Trip, tell me about kind of like your earliest getting involved, and then you know, tell the story. Where are we today? How many stores we got? Like, what's the? Because it seems like that is the, you know, takes it, a lot of time. It's it's our mothership. We yeah. call it the mothership. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I started in 1983, had a partner, put in a couple of stores. Um, eventually, um, he bought me out of those stores, but I had already had started some others and was kind of just doing my own thing. I'd never thought about coming in with my father and his partner um, at all. But in 2001, my, my dad's business partner passed away in, up in Canada while fishing. And uh, they had a buy-sell agreement, and so my dad bought their family out. And so my dad had already been retired from the company. Mm -hmm. And so I just stepped in to to run the company back in 2001. It was in July, I think he passed away July 27th, 2001. So I've been running the company for 20, 22 years plus, right at 22 years. And we really weren't focused on growing. I mean, we were were adding technologies, we were getting better as a company. my son came out of school right during the um, Great Recession, and I was able to offer him a job more than he could get anywhere else. So he, he took it and started out in Manford, over by Tulsa, running a store. And he's been with us 14 years now. So he's ran a store for six years. He's been a district manager, a lead district manager, now he's chief operating officer, and will take over as president of the company probably about two more years. Um, but Alex came in, and, and my son-in-law, Matt, had been working for our urgent care company doing site selections. We brought him on over, and we decided we, we needed to move out of um, our whole our whole company was based on small rural markets. And so in order to grow, we needed to get in bigger markets. So we watched other companies that, that, that did, did that. And so we began in Ponca City. You know, we'd already built a new store in Cherokee and Newkirk. And then we built these new prototypes or what we call new to industry stores in, new, in, in uh, Ponca City. And then I had opportunities for two stores here, just phenomenal locations. And you just don't get locations like it all the time. And proved out the concept. And so we said, we need to continue. And we'd like to add 20 stores in Northwest Arkansas in a five to six year period. So um, next month, we'll open up our third store in six months. So it's 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 been a lot. And that's about as far. And we're getting ready to break ground on, on store 30 over there. But it's hard. I mean, gr- growth takes so much capital and it takes effort. And so you're, you're, you're kind of putting in in advance a lot of effort and work and stuff like that. But we've probably got another five locations uh, picked out and, and assessed and benchmarked. And and uh, as we can, we'll, we'll add those and, and continue. You're working on one in Fayetteville right now. Okay. So we're just having a great time. We've, we've improved as a company overall just by leaps and bounds in the last six, seven years. And um, and today, and I, and I'm... I am a confident person, but I, but I don't think this is embellishing anything. We build as nice a store you'll find in the market. Um, you know, it's not it's not Bucky's or anything like that. But 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 what we build is is competent to the comparable to the very best stores in Oklahoma and the very best stores in Arkansas. And so we want you when you come into our new new, new stores, we want you to feel that this is really nice. This is this is not an average store. 
and from the people we have in there and how we go about doing that. So on your way out, if you haven't already, I want you to stop at one of these yeah, two. Really, just right yeah. up here because I want you to walk in because you're going to go like, this is really very nice. And uh, people today want to go to the nice places. We did our urgent cares. It was about we wanted you to feel like you were walking into a high-end attorney's office up front. So our, our waiting rooms were just that way. And when you went back, it turned into more medical. But up front, we wanted you to walk in and go like, this just isn't a cheap place. This is a nice quality of care. So uh, we've been working on that, and, and, uh, and I think we're honing in on something really cool. Really yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, and obviously a lot's changed since, you know, again, involved in 1983 and then, you know, stepping in 2001. Um you know, and seeing the expansion as well and going into Arkansas and, and kind of, but there's so much competition out there. People probably don't realize how much competition there is. And you're right, it is mega expensive to open up a new store, especially if it's in downtown Oklahoma City or somewhere in the Oklahoma City metro. You know, there's there's a few people now, a few companies that come to market that they're just trying to open up as many as they can in every corner. And I'm like, the that's nuts. I mean, it, I'm sure it'll work out at some point, but it's going to take a long time, you know? Yeah, so that's not our, we're, we're looking at competitive advantages and where we're at in the market, how we compete against certain mm-hmm. chains, distance to market. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of things that come into that, but there's certain markets I don't want to, comp- I don't want to go into those markets um, because you're just going head to head and no one's going to have a huge competitive advantage so so you're not gonna have anything special you want to go into markets where you can have the best yeah. and Salem Springs today we have the best we did this we had our second store there I mean the nicest and that's what we want the customers they, they demand that today they want that um, you know just like it's little things like bean to cup coffee when you walk into a store you want it that's just, that's fresher than Starbucks because they, they're not grinding it right there now, I know they go through 10,000 times more coffee per day, <laughs> per location, but at the same time, people want the best. Yeah. You know, they look for self-checkouts now because sometimes I don't want to talk to somebody. I just want to go in and do my thing and move on. Yeah, and, and you know, you even go as far as like some of the Amazon stores, right? Or whatever, the, the new stores, you just walk in and walk out and they scan you and <laughs> you don't even have to, you just walk out the door and it's like... Uh, you know, have I paid for this? It's kind of strange. Um, what are the things that have stood out to you? You know, obviously it's you know, people. If people don't understand this already, you don't really make much money selling gas. It's all on the convenience side of things. So, you know, that's why you have a store and you want to get people in. What are the things that you've noticed? What are the things that work best? I mean, is there anything that just obviously coffee is obviously a, you know great one, but any other products that just stand out that, oh, that yeah. really work? That, that just I mean, you know, food is important. Yeah, we it, we all understand that tobacco industry is slowly dying. And so uh, differentiating yourself with food is important. So we have two concepts we're, we're currently working on. Uh, first one is um, uh, we kind of studied Wawa and Sheets out east. They do an exceptional job of, of made-to-order, uh, open, beautiful kitchens, open. Uh, you can go up to a touch screen and, and order your food. And then we've started a new concept that we're rolling out in Arkansas, which is comfort food. So we actually smoke pulled pork. We make fresh meatloaf. We do all of those things in store, fresh salads and, and parfaits and stuff like that. Um, and f- people enjoy and love the food. That is that is a difference. That, that differentiates a legacy store and we have legacy stores so I'm not, not all of our stuff's new by far I mean most most of them are the older stores but been, been re- renovated but um, it differentiates that, that from that competitor to a, to a new one where people can walk in and you can your wife would go like I can take dinner home if I want to that's different it, but it's got to be spotlessly clean it's got to be staffed it's got to be large it's got to be well lit and um, it's got to have great food do that and you you stand above the the crowds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's not many places out there that think, hey, I'm going to go to you know go to the store and and I'll bring food home out on top the gas off or whatever. It, it, right? it, I know the gas is a byproduct. You know, yeah. that's the it's not a byproduct. It's like the the afterthought. You know, you're going there for the for the food experience. Or even if you're going there for fuel, then you have an opportunity. And so that that's why a, a convenience store competes well with QSRs, quick serve restaurants, mm-hmm. because. You're drinking a Jiffy Trip water there. Well, probably next three weeks, we're going to have four different types of Jiffy Trip water. But we've got isotonics. We've got teas. We've got juices. We've got carbonated soft drinks. We've got um, 
We got fountain, fountain. We have frozen, non-frozen, or uh, non-carb, carb. So our drink selections. When we say we have thousands, we have thousands. It's not just um, putting a, a different pump of a of a yeah. slush color in it and calling it a million drinks. Right. So literally, we have. I say thousands. It's it's probably three or four, five hundred. Yeah. Options. Yeah, you mentioned that you, you know in a couple of years your son's going to step in and, and you take over the reins. What's your plans then? Oh, I'll, I'll, I will never retire. I'll I, enjoy, I enjoy I enjoy what I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll work on stuff like the Christmas tree. I've so we're looking at a sixty-seven acre development here uh, locally to do mixed use townhomes, retail lots, uh, business condos, and a lot of single family yeah. homes. So we're we're just now stepping into that. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a longer project but yeah. um, I love that part I just I've got to be creating something mm-hmm. and then doing it but it, I want it to have scale enough to be worth the time yeah so but you just feel that it's time that to step away from that as president of JV Chirp and well, have your son take over yeah well uh, he kind of already runs it just to, re, just <laughs> yeah. to be honest he does and so uh, I have a title that sure. they do 99% of the work um, and so what I'm doing now is downloading into him and my son-in-law Matt is what I've learned over 40 years in the business and, um, you know, what not to do, what to do. And the reality is they're so far above what I am. It's, and I'm serious. It is, it is gratifying. Um, I elevated from what my father had. Um, they're elevating from what we were already. And it's, it just gives you a great opportunity for, for growth and comfort and peace as you do these big expansions to know that we've got really good people inside working. And, um, and we want to be a company that attracts those, those people as well. Yeah, you, you, your dad kind of gave you the platform. You you know you gave, and now you're passing that on, right? You learn, you learn more, and then you give yourself the platform. And it just progresses up naturally, as as I think every parent should for their kid, whatever they're in. If it's just knowledge or business, doesn't matter. Um, you know, it, generally when you look down, hopefully every generation gets a little better and might make a little more or do something else or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's fun to be in and you know it, it can I'm sure sometimes make family occasions tense depending on how the business is going but also makes you know the, the wins a lot greater too yeah I worked from, with my dad for about 38 years and, and I, I tell this to to people who ask what's what's what your dad teach you and I said it's very easy very easy way he taught me when I had a problem I go to my dad with a problem in business and ask him his opinion here's what he would say he would say if it were me I would do X, Y, and Z, but you do whatever you think you need to do. So in, in how this works is, it's the same thing in marriage, is when my dad gave me freedom to make my own decisions, to win and to lose, I learned from the losses, had successes, gained confidence. But by him giving me the freedom to make my own decision, it drew me to him. Okay, same concept. And if you think of a friend who's always telling you what to do, you don't want to be around your friend. So if my father had been someone who kept telling me what to do, telling me what to do, I would have been pushing away. Same concept in marriage. When you accept your spouse as they are, just as they are, they're drawn to you. But if you try to change the spouse, it drives them away. It's a very simple concept. So my dad's greatest gift to me was was allowing me to make my my own decisions. And my wife and I, we absolutely do that with our children. We do not tell our children what to do. We we will encourage them. And Alex today here locally makes most of the decisions. Now some he comes and asks. Some things he just does. But the reality is... It is so so nice when you can just let them let them grow on their own and not not be a helicopter or lawnmower parent or something like that, but it helps them in their confidence. So that's we're we're doing what my dad did for me. We're doing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not a parent, but I just can't imagine how difficult it must be. But also, you know the value of letting your son, unless he let you fail, right? Like he's gonna sit back and watch it. And it must be so hard not to just say, hang on a second, this, you know, like you want it, you want to help. That's Mm -hmm. just nature of who we are. We want to help. But as a parent, knowing the long-term picture of, you know, if this fails, even if it fails catastrophically, he's going to learn so much more. And that is worth more than me jumping in to make sure, you know, so that must be difficult for you too. It it is at times, but, but 
it, it isn't at times either. It's, it's it's just fun to watch, and 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 then by not telling them what to do, you know what happens? They come more often and ask. Yeah. So you have an opportunity to have influence, but give them the freedom to take it or not. Yeah, uh, ministry is big part of your life. Let's oh, talk yes. about ministry. What's yeah. your, what's kind of like your your. Um, your start with, you know, is faith always big in the family growing up? Was mom and dad big on faith and, and always in church Wednesdays it, it, and Sundays? It, it wasn't. My my father was workaholic out in the stores working all the time. Um, my mom um, struggled with alcoholism parts of her life, but was a believer. And, and uh, um, in, when I was 33, um, I was saved. And it was a, it was a powerful conversion because at that point I was just a workaholic make money, make money, make money, grow business. And my life just changed. And um, we began our, our first mission work in Poland. And uh, I've been there nine times. We've hosted 34 people who stayed in our home overnight from Poland. Uh, in fact, I was on a, a WeChat this morning with uh, WhatsApp with um, with uh, Matthew from Poland this morning. Uh, my wife has been the president of Hosanna Institute of the Sahel which is Niger, West Africa. We've been there eight times uh, for water well drilling, medical clinics. We're getting ready, we're getting ready to host uh, Yakuba and a contingent of uh, five, five others. Three will stay in our home in two weeks. Uh, this is a radio station that we've helped put up in, in West Africa, in Naomi, a town of about four million people. That This little tower here was put up, and it actually blew down in a huge, massive storm. So you see the little thing we're holding in the middle of the picture? Yeah. Now look at the size of the tower we put up. That was a guy-wired tower here, and then we went to the standalone. And so you can see it there. These are solar fixed-tune radios okay. that they take out into the bush, because once you get outside of this 4 million population city, there's no electricity in these Zero. huts and stuff. And so they go out and they give these radios. And so they, they give health information and and all sorts of stuff, thing on the Niger River flooding. But they also play um, f f French music in four different languages. So some of the, some of the tribes hear their music on, on the radio, and they just love it. And so it's part of part of what we do there. And then we've been over here. We've got a very top up here in, in Myanmar, uh, which is formerly Burma. That's a children's home in northern part of, of Myanmar that my wife and I have been to and support and just love our pastor there. And they're under a coup right now, the government coup in Myanmar. And so it's been very difficult. We can't travel there. We can barely get money into the country. There's, there's some ways to do that and hope the federal government's not listening <laughs> but, but there's different ways yeah. you, you know we actually had a wire that went that was caught in the middle when they closed all the banks and so it's gone it just kind of went away but um, and then Romania we do stuff with our friends in Romania and um, Czech Republic and but we just uh, Nepal um, and in Indonesia I have a friend in in Bali Indonesia we visited and um, but we we're, we feel we're called to help those organizations. Uh, we started a, a private family foundation called International Impact Ministries that are all of our companies give money to. We don't we don't receive any money from outside people. And then we meet quarterly and we support different things. Uh, for an example, of what we do and kind of our giving philosophy is um, this year. I think in September we're going to launch. Um, our, our fundraising for the month of September in our stores to support foster care in all the different areas that, 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 that are, there are lots and lots of needs and lots of kids out there. So most of our, I would say, majority of our giving is faith-based. And so we just enjoy it. It's fun. It's, there's, a, there's something called the joy of giving. And, and uh, we, we, you know, we were changed. And, and every time you go, you come back different. You come back Fuller heart. You you went to SNU. I'm sure you probably went on some mission trips, and so and your heart comes back, and you're going like, we have so much, we have so much. So, yeah, it really puts life in perspective, doesn't it? And you're like, why am I worrying about the littlest of thing when over there they're just happy to have fresh water? You know, and you're like, as simple as that, and a roof, fresh water, food. 
um, anything. Um, th- right now, around the world, it's hard. I mean, my, my, my friend who called me this morning is a financial need. He's, 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 he's been helping Ukrainians. He's had Ukrainians staying in his home. He's, his uh, business, is ra- he's a, he sells in radio. They sold one of the stations. His revenue's down 50%. He's got creditors calling, and he calls. I mean, how can you not want to be there and help them? Because God does that for us, and is glad we have this relationship. We've known him, um, him and his wife and three children for oh, 15 years since. Well, yeah, maybe 16 years. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is really nice. Yeah. So bringing it to present day, what do we have kind of coming up this fall towards the end of the summer? Are you working on anything? Going on any trips? Any new mission trips this year or anything like that? No, no, no mission trips this year. We're just we're just now starting to do a little bit of traveling. My wife's got some health issues, and so we're doing just little short trips. But uh, I imagine next year we'll be back in Poland. Uh, I'm not sure uh, with my wife's health condition that Niger will work, uh, but we want to, we do want to get back to Poland. We want to get back to Myanmar, but we can't do that. In until the, the, the borders open and they've got stable government because uh, it's not a pretty picture over there right now. Yeah, it's not at all. It does not look good. And it, the sad reality is when if they see an American, they think... Yeah, you know, I'm gonna they, be. I'm gonna be. In, I'm gonna be a hostage. Yes. And kidnapped. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or worse. Yeah. Or worse. So it's not. Worse. So I'm not gonna take my wife. <laughs> not at all. No. <laughs> not one bit. Um, so obviously, you you love work. You love business. Anything away from business that you do for fun. That's probably it. I mean, oh, my wife and I love to travel. Okay, not just mission work. We love to travel. Here we were in Antarctica. There, that picture on my desk. How was that experience? It, it was. There, there's a there's a whole place looked just like that. It's nothing but rock, ice, and water, <laughs> and, and and a lot of penguins. And the smell will get to you after a while. <laughs> Penguin poo. But um, no, it was great. We saw oh probably twenty five whales and wow. and beautiful wildlife and you know we wanted to touch all seven continents. That was the last one. Okay. We actually that picture there. We actually got to sleep out on the continent overnight. And of course, we did what any crazy American would do. Maybe anybody crazy is we went also swimming there. Yeah, how was that? Thirty eight point four degrees water. Take your breath away. <laughs> Oh, it takes <laughs> but, but you can't go and not swim. So we we did the plunge. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine that. Yeah, it was, it was fun. But, uh, but yeah, we do. We we love um, you know just love travel. That's what we do. Yeah. And uh, and now I have more, a little bit more time. And my wife's been retired for about thirteen years, and mm-hmm. so we have plenty of time to travel now. And so doing stuff like that, going seeing our friends abroad, is is always very important. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, um, that's, yeah. that's my hobby. Do you ever think about an extended stay somewhere overseas, or you just got too much going on here and family here that you'd never think about? I, I, you, know, you mentioned friends abroad yeah. moving and stuff like that. Because a lot of people have been doing that the last few years, right? They, they have been, but, you know, I, we'd miss our family and yeah. our, our friends, our church and stuff. So what, you know, we we just invite people. Said, just come. Just come. We'll take care of you. And and we've we've brought friends from from Poland, small business owners, and we've taken them to Washington D.C. We took them to, to New York City. Um, we love to just show off the country. And and so, you know, sometimes you have gifts in your life, and one of our gifts is hospitality. Mm-hmm. And so we are we've three extra bedrooms in our house, and so we're we're. We enjoy having friends over. Just like we're going to have the, the contingent we're having from the, the mayor of Colo, which is a place where we have a medical clinic, uh, also the governor over that area, and then the surgeon who runs the hospital, Abdella, which is Yacuba's uh, son. So they'll be staying with us for three days or four, maybe four days. And so we'll be taking them around, showing them, taking them to farms, taking them to Autry Votech over here to look about education and training. And uh, they'll be speaking with the city of Enid officials as kind of a, uh, you know, way to build goodwill and stuff. So we just like to invite people to come. Yeah. That's just that's just who we are. Well, it, hosting's fun, right? Like I, I just had, you know, I had my brother in town a week ago and ended up back-to-backing that with another friend coming into town as my brother was leaving. And, you know, it's fun to show off your place. It's fun to show off your city and the cool things. And, you know, every guest is different, right? So you can kind of tailor, you know, your hosting to that guest. And, you know, if it's farming or business or if it's restaurants and, you know, going out for a dinner or whatever it is like this, it's. It, I think it makes you realize how lucky we are to be here. You know, Yakuba... Um 
was here in the United States and got his degree, went back to Niger to, mm-hmm. to serve. And, and uh, he, he, he was coming over here, and so we said stay with us, and his family stayed with us a week. We were going out to a lake house for the weekend, and, and he had seen the radio station. So Yakuba, a, a um, Christian in a 99% Muslim country, he says, man, I'd like to have a radio station. Kyle, I would love to have a radio station. A year later, I get a phone call. He said, Kyle, you will not believe this. He said, I've got not only a radio license, they gave me a TV license too. The government showed him favor. But he said, this is so funny, because he said, but the problem is, the requirement is I have an American partner. I said, well, put me down. So he put me down, our radio station's down. It was only just because... They thought for some reason that made it, it doesn't make a difference. No, he runs a great radio station, absolutely a great radio, probably far better than us. Because, I mean, he's really serious about it. But it was just kind of interesting how, how God opened that door up for him. He saw it, thought about it, applied for one, and got it. And today he gets, he gets awards from the government all the time because he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, doesn't preach from the radio, but what he does is do good. He teaches men not how to treat your wives. How to treat your wives. Because sometimes in cultures, it's a lot different than we do. Yeah. And so he's so good about doing good. And um, when you're around him, things happen. It's just fun. It's just really fun. We, like I said, we've been over there eight times to see him. And um, he's just a dear friend. Yeah. In fact, my grandson, will, my 10-year-old grandson will see him in church if he's walking down the hall. And they, those two, he just runs up to him for a hug. I mean, he just loves Yakuba. And... Uh, that's 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 probably a main thing. We did a little marriage work on that when we're over there too. We did a marriage conference in Indonesia, and we've spoke at several groups in Poland. Yeah. So, how'd you get into that? How'd you get into doing marriage conferences and and consulting and and being that with your wife? My my wife and I were divorced for two years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And um, we both were saved while we were divorced, and then remarried. Okay. And. Um, when we give our testimony in church, and I mean, I mean a full testimony, not not an yeah, abbreviated. Yeah. I mean the deep dark yeah. dive. You know, our children will be on the front. They'll be on the front row. Mm-hmm. They were through the whole thing, and I, I love I love what we, we've. It, it's been special what's happened, and so my daughter will say, "I want a marriage like my mom and dad have," because God changed them. And then so what we do is we just realize is that to to have the marriage. That, that you really want, it has to believe, start with two people aligned with God first, first, then you can relate here. But if this doesn't happen, and of course, if, if you know, if, you, if I was a cultural Christian, you would ask me when I was 25, are you a Christian? I would have said yes. But there was no fruit, and there's no, nothing alive. And so all of a sudden, the Lord just kind of does something in your life, and you, you're just, and you're just, just changed and so we talk a lot about that and about how the parts about what I was speaking earlier about control and and freedom and the more I allow my wife to be free to be who she is the more it draws her to me and vice versa and it it becomes very very sweet and we do it with relationships our friends as well my wife is so good she's better than I am she would say She'd be talking to one of her friends, and her friend will be talking. Finally, her friend said, I'm sorry, I didn't ask you what you would, th- what you would do. What, what would you do? Because Carol will sit there and not say a word until she's asked for that. So when we began that, it's, it's a story, when, and people want to hear the story of how all that happened. And it's, you know, it's crazy. So. Yeah. Yeah, it all works out for the you, better, You, you right? said, is there anything off limits? There really isn't anything, no, off, no, I mean, it, anything it, off limits. Yeah, so. it's... Um I mean, the best people to get advice from are people who have been through it, right? Been through experience and and going through dark times and and having a young family and being divorced for two years is pretty dark times, right? You can't even imagine where we'd be today. And so when we say 40 years, we just count from the very beginning all the way through Mm -hmm. that because we didn't, neither one of us remarried. And, and, um, but it was just, it was the Lord's way of kind of changing you. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was, although it was extraordinarily hard Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! What it does for a family? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 that it's a different. It's just 
totally different. And so anybody who has, and usually I post something around Thanksgiving or something that's, you know, if people are hurting, you know, marriage or something, they want to reach out to us. And we generally have at least one, one taker a year. But, you know, sometimes you think that it can't get any better, but it can you know that's the that's the thing we get we get separated we begin thinking that and and our, it's not the way it needs to be our marriage but the reality is it can there's I, I have not seen a marriage that can't be reconciled doesn't mean that they all will be mm-hmm. but I've not seen one that cannot be reconciled but it starts here mm-hmm. not here trying to to change here yeah less me 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 I I I right it's more <laughs> We, we keep moving s- forward. Serving and, yeah. and and really loving somebody and with Jesus's type of love, which is unconditional, uh, doesn't need something from him in return. They don't have to be worthy, but they still get loved. And you love someone, and that's how marriages are fixed. Yeah. Well, this has been an absolute blast. I want one final thing. I guess you can. Um, I'm sure you get this a lot. Advice for people listening, whether it's business, marriage. What do you usually kind of, what golden nugget do you usually leave people with that is just kind of starting point for them to go forward? In business or in... Whatever you want. Well, I've you. given you, I think I've given you all my good stuff. Yeah, it's been a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is I mean, great. I mean, the, um, the delay gratification. Yeah. You know, it's really hard, you know. I, I'm, honestly, I'm struggling that, with that right now, with the gratification, because I love cars. Love yeah. cars. I've loved cars my all of my life. I want a Porsche 911. <laughs> I'm a guy, right? I do the man math. I can afford it. I'll finance it, but I can afford it. And, you know, I'm just like, my wife could hear you right now. She'd be like, see, told you. Mm, you know, she'd, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Carl's speaking, like, Carl's speaking my language right now. So that hit hard when you said that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> um, you know, I... Th- it, it is a delay, and, and I, I'm grateful. I, cars are not a big deal for me. Yeah. Now, my dad was. My dad would buy a car every few years. I'd, I want to drive a car 200,000 miles. Yeah. I'm just... Oh, I'm happy doing that yeah. with the car that I have right now. Yeah, I with, just or, the, or, the, or the Porsche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so delayed gratification is so important because especially today is everything's so expensive. Um, you know, I think that that's, that's really primary is just don't, don't get yourself in, in, in so deep in debt. Um, debt is a double-edged sword. I mean, there's there's some good debt, and 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 there's not good debt, and and you know, get your student loans paid for as quickly as you can. Um, don't drag them around for forty years. And um, but people aren't going to judge you by what you drive. And if and if those if and those people who judge you aren't your friends anyway. Right. You know, so th- that's just really important today. And and. Um, uh, cars are the fastest way to to ruin your retirement and ruin your marriage because you start having financial problem that puts stress on the marriage so that that's not good so and cars depreciate uh, electric cars are going to depreciate even faster because the battery goes out in about seven years or so and so do do math before you do things like that and work together um, that's probably for as far as business and just for families just to, to do is just to delay gratification. And, and the, maybe the other thing is surround yourself with really smart people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, the older I get, the more I don't know. And, and I'm genuinely honest. I, I learn all the time. I'm a, I, I read all the time. I'm a newsletter junkie. I mean, I subscribe to so many newsletters. It's just it's ridiculous how much money I spend on, on stuff like that. But I love to learn. But... The more I'm around really, really smart people, the, more, the better it is for me. Mm-hmm. And so um, surround yourself with good people and then listen to them. Yeah. You don't have to do everything, but just listen to them and you'll, and you'll be better off. Well, Kyle, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank thank you, you so much. It's been really good. Yeah, it's been very enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, for people listening, I will put a link to the Jeffy Shirt website down below if you haven't been to that. And uh, do you have a link to all of your businesses? Maybe I'll put that down there as well. We'll get a link. No, yeah, not all yeah. of them do, but um, I will give you a link to our website for the Christmas tree. There we go. That's uh, coming up. Yeah, Christmas tree. I'm not, Christmas tree will be lit in December. It'll be a week later than it was last year, but we'll have that information on the website literally in the week. Okay. We just had our first team meeting for That's to nice. get this year's tree lighting going, but it's we're upgrading. Great. 
Can't wait. Uh, for everyone listening, we'll see you in Enid for Christmas. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, share an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and our third sponsor is diffie ford lincoln down in el reno now this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine um play a lot of golf together i've bought my cars from them do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us on August 11th at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum for a celebration of hope featuring guest speaker Tim Tebow and musical artist Ben Fuller. Find out more and get your tickets at hia10.com. This episode is presented by the Choctaw Nation. The Choctaw people have a rich history and a bright future. At the Choctaw Cultural Center, you can take part in a story 14,000 years in the making. Stroll through our immersive exhibits portraying Choctaw life from the moment our ancestors emerged from the Nani Weha in Mississippian homelands to the Trail of Tears, where we lost so many loved ones, and finally to the modern-day tribe making a positive impact on local communities throughout southeastern Oklahoma. Try your hand at our social dancing and stickball and learn more about our vibrant culture through demonstrations, workshops, and classes. The kids will have a blast in our Luxie Activity Center. The Choctaw Cultural Center is more than a museum. It's a living, breathing experience. Visit ChoctawCulturalCenter.com to plan your visit. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.